Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast. This is Denver Post sports writer Kyle Newman, alongside my colleague Ryan O'Halloran, joining us in studio by phone. And hey, today Ryan, I'm going to be talking about a special day for a very special Broncos player. Steve Atwater recently elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And uh, you were obviously there in Miami covering the Super Bowl uh, when Steve got the news, when the news broke. Uh, pretty big accomplishment for him, and I'm sure you talked to him, but uh, very personal and moving and, and a lot of pieces with him at play, especially in terms of his mother and Pat Bowling, two people yeah. who he wished could have seen it. Yeah, and, and that was the interesting part for me, and I wasn't at the press conference on Thursday. I'm you know, calling from Florida. You know, Saturday night, it was myself, Mark Kisla, and a couple other area Denver area media people, and, you know, Steve was fired up. I mean, he was laughing, he was excited, it was full of adrenaline. And, I, you know, I noticed, you know, he got emotional talking about his mom and talking about Pat Bowling on Thursday. It's almost like once he had a couple of days to put things in compartments and realize the gravity of his accomplishment and who may be in Canton, who won't be in Canton, who won't be obviously around to see it. I think that's probably when the emotions hit getting back in that Broncos building. And you know, what he, he mentioned both his mom and Pat Bowling on Saturday night saying, Hey, I wish they both of them would have been here. So I thought that was, uh, you know, nice of him to, to recognize, you know, those two important people. Cause you know, Pat Bowling's office, you know, the jerseys on Pat's walls were Hall of Famers, except for that 27, because he felt eventually he's going to get in. He is one of his favorite players. So I think that's something that Steve always get emotional about. But I mean, you were in the room at the Broncos facility on Thursday. Could could you, could you still tell that there was a, you know, excitement uh, on, the, on the part of Steve Atwater? Oh, yeah. And he's, he admitted it hasn't grown, hasn't settled in on him yet. But uh you know, one one guy asked, hey, so you know, now that you're a Hall of Famer, and he stopped and he said, hey, what's that? I'm a Hall of Famer? You know, like he's he's still reveling in it, in, in it a little bit, which is great to see. And I think it's maybe starting to dawn on him. He had a great uh, quip. He said, yeah, I keep wait, waiting to uh, wake up and, you know, look online and see, oh, Steve Atwater did not make the Hall of Fame. But no, it's actually true. Uh, I did make the Hall of Fame. So he's he's keeping uh, certainly a levity about it. It's great to see. It's great to see, you know, former Broncos great up close and personal and so personable and so very raw and emotional about this this uh, accomplishment. Yeah, and, and, and the first question I asked Steve on Saturday night was excitement or relief. He says, oh, probably more excitement, but... I think I think he knew this was an important year for his candidacy. You know, five five slots were open. Um, there wasn't a lock amongst them. Next year, you have Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, who are locks. I think Calvin Johnson is a lock as well. So that would have left two spots for the other thirteen semifinalists. Your odds go down significantly. So you know. You know, with Steve getting in this year, along with a second safety, Troy Palomalu, that shows you uh, how important it was to, to be a part of the vote this year. And, you know, one thing Steve said on Saturday, and I think he also talked about it Thursday, was other Broncos who are probably deserving but not in the Hall of Fame. And I think Gratishar is at the top of that list. Um, but from the back-to-back Super Bowl champions, you know, I think Atwater is going to be the final player. And now it's just a matter of, you know, Coach Mike Shanahan, who has – 
a title with San Francisco as an assistant and two with Denver as a head coach, you know, see if, if his Hall of Fame candidacy is strengthened by the fact that Bill Cowher got in with one, uh, Jimmy Johnson got in, he also has two. So I think from that era of Broncos, I think Mike Shanahan's the last guy left. But for the Gratishore fans, you got to continue to hope. Uh, you know, they'll have the, you know, the seniors uh, category starting next year again after the Centennial class. And, you know, if you're Randy Gratishore, you got to hope that, the case that was presented to the voters of the Centennial Committee, many of whom are in the regular Pro Football Hall of Fame meeting, that will resonate and that'll help his uh, chances in the next couple of years. Again, folks, first in Orange podcast, Kyle Newman alongside Ryan O'Halloran talking Steve Atwater's election to the Hall of Fame this year. He's joined in the modern era class this year by Edgar and James, Troy Palomalu, Steve Hutchinson, and Isaac Bruce. They'll be enshrined during Hall of Fame weekend, August 6th through 9th in Canton. Uh, Ryan, as you mentioned, probably some more Broncos love coming Denver's way next year with Peyton Manning uh, on the ballot for the first time. But uh, John Lynch and Tony Baselli, Boulder native, for, former Jags tackle, fallen just short this year. And, and Lynch, he's been a seven-time finalist. I imagine uh, he's got to be getting pretty antsy uh, himself. Yeah, and you know, John Lynch is, is, is interesting. You know, he should feel good about the fact that two safeties were uh, cleared off the decks. Um, that could help his chances, maybe not next year, but moving forward. And um, you know, Tony Baselli, I mean, he was debated for longer than any of the other uh, finalists on Saturday at that Hall of Fame meeting, 36 minutes. You know, I talked to a couple of voters after that meeting. They did, they did not announce the results um, to the to the voting group. They did it uh, at the NFL Honors. And I had a couple say, hey, I voted for Tony Baselli. It sounds like he's going to get in. But, so he didn't. Um, Next year will be a tough one because there's just limited spots with those first three first timers. But I think Tony may be a game. Tony may have gained some momentum as well this year. And it, uh, you know, the, 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 the stigma for Tony Baselli is the, is the biggest one. He played a short career because of shoulder injuries. And they say, well, compare him to Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis played a different position running back, had an NFL MVP season and won two Super Bowls. Uh, Tony, doesn't have that on his resume so he probably was the best offensive tackle during that time period but when you're presenting him you cannot add on two to three years to your resume again folks first in orange podcast ryan o'halloran kyle newman before we close the show we'll be uh discussing here pat Shermer a little bit he was officially introduced after being named the Broncos fifth offensive coordinator in as many seasons uh, a few weeks ago and ha- had some interesting things to say this uh, a couple days ago in Dove Valley, Ryan. Uh, first and foremost, he's he's pumped up, obviously, about the building blocks he's inheriting, especially at the skill positions. Noah Fant, Philip Lindsay, Cortland Sutton, and then Drew Locke, a guy the Giants passed on in last year's draft in favor of Daniel Jones, but uh, – Shermer was quick to point out, hey, we were very, very high on Locke as well entering that draft. Yeah, and when I talked to Drew Locke last week after he got done with an autograph session in Miami, and I said, you know, take me to that visit pre-draft to the Giants, and he said, you know, says he had great meeting with Shermer, great meetings with Mike Shula, who's now the quarterback coach in Denver. And he said, what it is, is this sort of set of foundation, is that when he ran into Shermer at the Broncos facility last week, it wasn't a, who are you? say hello i mean there's a little bit of a relationship there you know it's gonna they're gonna get to know each other a heck of a lot better over the next couple of months once the offseason program starts but i think Shermer's knowledge of Locke obviously helped but here's what helped pat Shermer the most 
He was experienced, and that was clearly what Vic Fangio was looking for. He was looking for an assistant coach with more than one year of play calling chops, and then who had a quarterback coach in line who was was experienced and can also help coach the coaches. Um, you know, the talent on this um, offense should be intriguing for any coordinator calling plays. And you know, he was connected with Chicago, but Matt Nagy's the head coach. He calls the plays like the combination of playing for a head coach who's on defense, calling the offensive plays, and being familiar with the quarterback, all that led uh, to this being the right situation for Pat Sherman. You know, I talked to his son, Kyle, who's a practice squad quarterback for the Chiefs, talked to him last week at the Super Bowl. And I said, hey, are you surprised that Brad, you know, didn't sit out? You know, he's getting paid for a couple more years. He goes, no way. He goes, I knew he was going to back in, get back into it. He's a football coach. This is what he does. He motivates players to get the best out of them. And he says he's going to be super excited to work with Drew Locke. So, you know, you sort of add all, up, up these all these comments. You know, Drew Locke should be fired up against this kind of coordinator. That said, I disagree with Vic Fangio saying the continuity is overrated. It's not overrated, especially a quarterback, and especially in offensive football. On defense, maybe you can change up a little bit more, but um, I do think this is going to be another transition for Cortland Sutton, Philip Lindsay, Drew Locke, etc. The hope for the Broncos is they've been through so many of these, they're able to pick up the offense quicker. Again, folks, first in Orange podcast, Pat Shermer coming to the Broncos, new offensive coordinator following two years with the Giants. This will be his fourth stop as an offensive coordinator in the NFL. Be sure to head to denverpost.com slash Broncos for continued coverage of the offseason leading up through the combine and to the draft. Of course, Ryan and I will be all over that. Ryan, hey, man, you uh, enjoy your vacation. Enjoy the folks out there in Florida. Don't, don't work too hard, all right? I, I will not work hard, and what I won't be doing is cleaning stuff off my car like I would be in Denver tonight. I'll be doing that tomorrow morning. Thanks for rubbing it in. I appreciate that, Ryan. <laughs> right, buddy. Folks, thanks for listening in to the First in Orange podcast. Remember, denverpost.com slash broncos. Until next time, take it easy.